Hello, my name is Zoe Bedell, and today I'm going to be expanding on the grant proposal that I'm working on with my group while we're staying in Nata the village of Nadarama. Our grant proposal is implementation of an after-school program to enhance mindfulness and resilience in school-aged children through meditation, physical activities such as running, yoga, and other team-building activities, and storytelling. So I'm going to start out with a personal story. Um, just this last year, I struggled a lot with depression and anxiety, which mainly stemmed from overthinking and negative thought patterns. My interests, passions, and goals started to no longer matter to me. I started to no longer see the point in anything, and coming to this realization was actually even more painful than being stuck in that state of mind. Although with this realization... I also realized I had to change something in my life, and due to the fact that I didn't have good health care at the time, and meaning that I wasn't able to go to therapy, I had to find alternative methods. So I seeked a lot of advice from close friends, and a recommendation that I got was to read the book The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I was really surprised, but this book allowed me to change my perspective on a lot of things around me. For example, I started to pay more attention to moments instead of my thoughts. I became aware of myself, and I was able to separate myself from my thoughts, which was really powerful, especially because most of my thoughts were negative. Eckhart Tolle introduced me to the idea of spirituality and consciousness, and I had known about these terms before, but I had never really understood the meaning of them. From then on, I became invested in taking actions that would make me more present every day. I started to meditate, journal, run, and do yoga on a daily basis, and I have noticed a huge difference in myself from a year ago today. I now can say that I'm able to regulate my emotions in a much more effective way, as well as being able to notice that my thoughts do not define me. So the fact that our grant proposal is directly connected with something that has changed my life and I'm genuinely passionate about speaks volumes to me. Um, in regards to this class, I have learned a lot about myself as well, and some key concepts that I'm going to be expanding on in this podcast are emotional intelligence, consciousness, and collaboration. So the first concept that I'm going to expand on here is going to be emotional intelligence. So my personal definition that I have gathered over the years from my own experience, as well as from this course in the Dr. Sky podcast, is that it's the quality of patience when dealing with everyday life. So for example, in social life, this pertains to sensitivity to others, as well as being knowledgeable that negative behavior usually is a projection of insecurity under the surface. So for example, a really neglectful and mean person usually has a lot of self-esteem issues that are being projected as this trait. And in terms of our own selves, emotional intelligence is being aware of our own negative characteristics that transpire, such as greed, hatred, etc. And being able to manage them by being aware of why the emotions are being surfaced before acting on them. In regards to this concept, our grant proposal team thinks it will be a great success for children to start learning about emotional intelligence at a really young age and through like an after-school program, such as the one that we're trying to implement. 
So we are planning to implement this through storytelling techniques and meditation. By having students tell stories to one another, it will create a greater sense of community and empathy towards one another. Storytelling also allows a student to learn to communicate their own emotions. And meditation can be an effective tool for emotion and emotional intelligence because the main focus of meditation is to take you away from the mind and focus on your body, which is significant because negative emotions usually are the effects of negative thoughts. So being emotionally intelligent also elicits consciousness, which is going to be the next concept that we're going to be talking about. So in the process of creating a program for our grant proposal, I have learned about a lot about collaboration. Within starting the process of creating this program, my group had to spend a lot of time bouncing ideas back and forth before we even concluded on topic or ways that we could apply our methods and techniques within school-age children. A concept about collaboration that really stuck out to me and that we've implemented in our program is that collaboration can bridge the gap between in-groups and out-groups, and this is especially important in school-age children. This shows that everyone in the group is valued by creating a safe environment where individuals feel protected and like they are valued, therefore leading to an environment that has space for both growth and innovation. Our team actually came up with a team-building activity that we thought could enhance collaboration, so in the village of Anadarama, gender inequality is prevalent. Children at a small age are told that women are inferior to men. And there's a lot of things that women just aren't allowed to do that men are in the country of Rwanda. So our idea for the activity is to have each child in the classroom hold a piece of the yarn um, and them having to untangle themselves. And so each individual will play a vital role in this. And from this activity, they will learn that no matter the gender, everyone is equal and is a part of the bigger picture. So to wrap up this podcast, consciousness is the overarching idea that plays a role into both mindfulness and collaboration. And when I first started this course, I had the expectations that it was going to be solely based on traits that leaders had to withhold. Although, thus far, I have learned a lot about myself, as well as how these concepts can be applied to almost any situation. Leadership has really expanded in my head into so many different layers, even in a sense of spirituality that encompasses the idea of consciousness. Now, I'm going to jump over to some books and research that has really helped me understand these concepts, as well as has helped me through working on the grant proposal. So as I stated before, The Power of Now is a really powerful book to me, and a quote that has really made a significant change in my life is that, as long as a condition is judged as good by your mind, whether it be a relationship, a possession, a social role, a place, or your physical body, the mind attaches itself to it and identifies with it. Identifies with it. And this just really encompasses the whole idea of the book. And it really allowed me personally to create a new framework for the world. I think this book is a great technique that could be used, used to awaken a lot of other people, especially leaders in our country, by allowing them to be aware of their pain bodies and move away from things that no longer serve them.
and that are actually hurting us collectively, right? Um, while working on the grant proposal, I had the opportunity to do a lot of research on the benefits of the tools that we're planning to implement in our program. So a really interesting study that I found was on, um, or was by the Center for Mindfulness Studies, which is a course to teach individuals to cope with anxiety and stress through mindfulness called MBSR, which means Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. Uh, and this research from this eight-week program suggests that people have lowered psychological stress and the symptoms of the stress. University of Montreal also conducted a study that showed how regular mindfulness meditation resulted in higher pain threshold. And it's just insane to me to think that something as easy as being aware and being inside of your body can actually lower pain. And this can be so helpful, especially for people who have chronic pain syndromes. Okay. So consciousness, in theory, is everything and nothing all at the same time. It's the water falling on your skin. It's your senses. It's your sight. It's probably one of the hardest concepts for me to wrap my head around, although at the same time, it makes a lot of sense. I know, it's kind of confusing, right? So let me dive a little deeper into what I have learned about consciousness. Consciousness is the awareness of both the internal and the external world. Every single person is conscious, although some are more conscious than others. This is apparent through genocide, inequality, global war warming, among so many other of our global problems. Through understanding consciousness, people start to understand that everything is connected, not just humans, but everything that we see and experience. Through raising consciousness of both leaders and followers, collective consciousness will submerge to create a more united world. Therefore, this is a core concept within our program. All of the techniques we are using in our after-school program are targeted towards small actions that will raise consciousness, such as, but not limited to, meditation, storytelling, and team sports, which create an opportunity to have a snowball effect on the rest of the communities and for generations to come. Both of these concepts correspond directly with collaboration. We, have, we must have a framework where it is not just about the I, but about the we.